Radio Vermont, WDEV, takes no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the House Calls Vermont show host or their guests. The information provided during the House Calls Vermont show is offered only as a public service and should not be used as a substitute for obtaining any professional advice from a licensed professional. WDEV presents House Calls Vermont with hosts Jim Bradley and Chris West. Each week, a new topic specific to building or renovating in the Green Mountains and your phone calls. Brought to you today by R.K. Miles, a third-generation family-owned business. Proud to be your local building material supplier. Find a location near you at rkmiles.com. By Poly Construction, for over 30 years known for anything construction, big or small jobs, one call does it all. P-O-L-L-I Construction.com. By Ken Libby of the Stowe Area Realty Group at Keller Williams Stowe, your trusted advisor. 802-793-2002. By Curtis Lumber, with two locations in Vermont, Williston and Burlington. Request a quote for your next project online at curtislumber.com. By Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber, with locations in St. Albans, Enosburg, Swanton, and Middlesex. By Wytha Windows, high-performance passive house windows and doors. Online at wythewindows.com. By Shamrock Painting, painting and custom wood finishing shamrockpainting.com by Matt Clark's Northern Basement Systems for all things basementy northernnefoundations.com your participation today is encouraged call the listener line with questions at 802-244-1777 or 877-291-8255 right now House Calls Vermont with Jim and Chris. Good afternoon, listeners, and welcome to this week's show of House Calls Vermont. It's Jim and Chris once again. Hey, guys. How's it going? And this week, we're going to be talking about windows, windows, windows. The windows are the, uh, no, eyes are the windows of the heart. No, no, no. Of the soul. (laughs) Eyes are the windows of the soul, yes. There you go. But with that, you know, this is a really important topic at all times of the year. Um, You know, there's one thing that's really important here is that most people, um, if you were going to be building the most energy-efficient building, windows and doors probably wouldn't be part of that. But yet we need windows. We want windows. Um, because so I think what Jim is saying is if you're going to make the most energy-efficient building, it wouldn't have windows. Yes, exactly. Because you just make you know, a, a three-foot-thick wall full of insulation, yes. and you're fine. However... That's a nice chest, though. We, we like... Igloo. Yeah, or, or, or a, a, a hot container, whatever. Yes. But we want windows. Windows yes. are what bring light in. Yes. It's what lets us look outside. It makes yes. it the room feel bigger. Yes. And um, the downside to windows is that windows, with all of those pluses that they give us, light coming in and being able to open it for ventilation and, exactly. and looking out, um, they're not very good thermally. Right. So when we're talking about wall R value, so an R value is the resistance to heat moving through it. Yes. And that is actually the reciprocal of the scientific definition, which is the heat loss 
um, number. And that's, that's the that's U actually, value. Yeah, the U factor. So yeah. that's where sometimes people get this mixed up is the U factor is what's really important, but it's easier for people to understand what's the R value. In America. Yes. Right? So in, in all, of, all the rest of the world, they use U. So the U value is the amount of heat that moves through an assembly over time mm-hmm. per square foot, right, if we're dealing with an area. And for a wall in Vermont, minimum R value, which is the inverse of the U value. So the U value, let's say it's 0.2. In order to get the R value, you divide one by that number, and that is an R5. So a 0.2 is an R5, right? So in Vermont, your resistant value for a wall has to be at least an R25 around, depending on which sure. wall assembly you choose. A window, like that great Pella window that you bought or, or the gel wind you went and got at Lowe's or Home Depot is about an R2 or an R3. Yeah, about an R3. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so we're talking about... And that's double pane, that's, argon, argon or krypton gas filled. Right. A pretty, uh, well, used to be considered a pretty good window. Yes. An R1 is a single pane of glass. Exactly. Right. So uh, when we're talking about uh, the the building science around a window, there are a bunch of things uh, that you need to consider. Yes. But one of them is just the fact that windows are not very good thermally. And if you go walking through your house right now, if you look at your um, your windows, if you live in a house that isn't super insulated, you're probably looking at radiators under your windows. Yeah. Why do we put radiators under our windows? Well, we put them there because windows, although they give us light and they let us look outside, sure. are really bad thermally. So we have to heat those windows all the time when it's cold out in order to make up for the fact that they're not very good thermally. Yeah, and, and, and if your windows are sweating, condensing, it's not because they were working so hard to keep the cold out. You know? <laughs> so it's, it's not like they're sweating for that reason. It's because of the dew point, because of the, the, the temperature delta between the wall assembly, indoor air, and the colder surface of the window. And so when you have just a single pane or double pane window, it's more prone to see condensation buildup. Yep. And that condensation buildup then turns into mold usually. And if the wood frame or, or your window frame is made of wood, or your windowsill, then you're going to get that mold. You're going to get the deterioration, the rot, and everything else. And so that's why it's really important when you're choosing windows, hey, what are the other options? Right now, some of your better windows that are being offered from double pane to triple pane will be somewhere between an R3 an R5 and then to up to an R11.1. Yeah. There are reports that a R20 window is going to be coming out and that's a vacuum sealed and it has these like little standoffs in between the two panes of glass. Really expensive to make right now. Right. And it can't be really manufactured uh, on a larger scale yet. Yes. But that's where things are going. So right now, as I was mentioning earlier, there's still going to be the weak thermal point in your in your assembly and it's also it's a hole in your wall. Yeah. And so you've got to be able to keep water out. you got to be, you know, bulk water moisture and everything else, not just Condensation from the inside, but you got to keep the rain out. You got to keep the elements out. And if you don't install it correctly, it's going to be that source of, of water coming in, deterioration, and everything else. And so that's why it's really important to, uh, to get it right. But right now, we're going to go to our phones. We have a call, first call of the day. It's Ted in Shelburne. Ted, welcome to the show, and how can we help you today? Yes. Well, a couple of points. One is uh, the main one is about windows. But let me say first, just for your opinions it's sort of too late for me it's already done but uh this is a cape which is pretty tough to insulate on the top and a um about 1968 or something like that i think it was built i bought it in the early 2000s um and what i did when i saw that i didn't have great plywood 
on the roof, and because you couldn't insulate it very easily anyhow in the reworked attic kind of, or the way capes are with a uh, dormer and so forth, sure. or yep. a bathroom up there, I put vertical two-by-fours every four feet without without taking the old roof off, the old shingles, okay. put, with the help of a contractor, put vertical two-by-fours and put essentially three-inch foam in between and then did some strapping and shimming and put a sort of a farm Canadian-made tin roof okay. on it. And the biggest difference... I don't micromanage or use the space up there in the winter, but in the past, you couldn't go up there in the summer. The amount of BTUs coming in from the sun would beat anything you could do. Yeah, sure. And now, it's kind of cool. You could easily air condition it if you wanted to, and usually you wouldn't even need to. Well, that's great. Huge, a huge difference. i got fat fascias. If you drive by, <laughs> you see that... <laughs> That the, the fascia board or the fascia aluminum cladding is is big, and on the windows, uh, this house came. It had been gussied up or something, and it has decent vinyl windows, double pane. And, sure. But the that fuzzy little gasket that goes in a groove that helps to seal well bugs yep, and yep. slow down the air. Yep. Yes has gone and I tried from my I think the place that put the windows in to to just get a replacement so I could spend some time and and rebuild what I have and the other thing is and I haven't analyzed what it is about the installation but they don't easily come so the latch matches up so yeah. the cheap latches some of them are busted off and I, it would be nice to replace those and on occasion I can force those in place and get them latched for the winter but earlier attempts busted the latches sure so it would be interesting i think to a number of people how how they could improve sure and i did once speak to someone i think on the radio efficiency vermont and they just suggested how i could go shopping or something but i think it would be a worthy project in the state for the amount of people who have similar situations to mine yep so, so I can so, listen on the radio. I think that's uh, those are the points I've been sort of great. To make and Wonderful, well, Ted. Yeah, Ted, thanks so much for calling in. Uh, I, I want to start off by saying um, Jim just did a uh, a presentation yep. uh, for Efficiency Vermont um, about when it's the right time to replace your windows and when it's the right time to fix them. To repair right? them. To yeah. repair them. And, and so uh, I'm going to assume, Ted, that you're talking about double hungs. Um, uh, it could be casements, but usually sure. when you're talking about air leakage and gaskets and, and the latch not meeting up, that sure. sounds to me like a double hung. So Jim, yes. Jim, what's your, what's your advice on double hungs there? Well, here, here's the thing about windows. Windows are such a huge investment when you're buying them all new. Um, granted, if it's new construction, you're going to need them as part of the assembly, but you're looking at your windows and saying, okay, some of the, some of the, uh, double pane glass is fogging over. Some of the latches aren't working. Some of the weather stripping has failed. I'm getting breezed through the window. Yeah. So what can <laughs> I do? Do I have to replace everything? If you're replacing your windows just simply to upgrade them to because um, you think it's going to make save you that much more on your energy bills or you've listened to the marketing and then they tell you the same thing, 
I would take a step back for a yep. second yep. because for a 20 year life cycle for most standard double pane windows, sometimes they'll get a little bit more, eke out a little bit more. But for that, you could be on a household full of windows for a standard size house, you could be spending 20 to $25,000 yep. easily yep. for that. And the amount of payback, the return on investment, you're looking at a 225 to 250 year payback on the energy investment uh, savings for exactly. that swap out. So yeah. let not, not, let not energy savings be the only reason you're going to be compelled to replace your windows because they can be improved. They can be retrofitted. Um, there's a, there's a place out of Ohio. I know I'm sending, you know, some business elsewhere, but you know, <laughs> plenty of the hardware stores around our state will have replacement parts that you can use on your windows. Yeah. But for those older windows, I've been able to find through Pickens windows parts and that's P I C K E N S window parts out of Ohio. You can go online. You can get a piece of your weather stripping. You can send it to them from your existing window. They'll send you back a sample and say, what do you think of this? And if you like that, then you order the linear footage that you need of that material. They send it right out. It's very cost effective and it can help bring life. I've worked on a 40-year-old Anderson window and was able to replace all the weather stripping with what they provided that matched it perfectly. And so that window didn't have to be replaced. That's just something to look at because once again, you're looking at your improvements in the in the glass that's available or the windows that are available. If you're starting out at a double pane window already, and that's R3, let's say, and it, and then you're going to try to get, replace it to what you can afford, which may be only an R5 uh, performance-wise. Is it really worth that investment if you can really make sure the window's correct or you know repaired um, instead of a full replacement? Now, one of the things, we're, we're right up against a break, but one of the things I wanted to jump in and say about vinyl windows is that the, the vinyl uh, extrusions that they use for these windows – they do off-gas over time, and they yes. go from being soft to being brittle, or they deform because of sun hitting them, right? One of the reasons that I don't like using straight-up vinyl windows, but use the UPVC windows, yes. it's a much more robust product that has a an ultraviolet and anti-ultraviolet component to it, and those windows have been in place for 20, 30 years already in Germany where they were developed, sure. and they're still doing fine. So... If you're having gasket issues, and those gasket issues are because the gasket is failing yes. and not because the frame is warped or because the sashes are warped, um, those are the things that you can replace. But once you start getting to the point where you're cl- trying to close the sash to, and, and you're still seeing daylight through it, that might be a time to consider exactly. replacing that window. Okay, we're right up against the break. Um, we'll be right back. Uh, the number here, 244-1777 in the 802 area code. And when we come back, we'll have Darren Macri from White Windows to sit and chat with us about it. So hold on and we'll be right back. Christmas Eve then and now by White Windows. Christmas Eve then. And Mama and her kerchief and I and my cap had just settled our brains for a long winter's nap. Tighten up that kerchief. It's going to be a cold one. It's that nasty draft from the window that's to blame. Away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters and threw up the sash. Hurry, I think I see something. It's stuck. And Christmas Eve now. Look, it's Santa. What a clear, unobstructed view we get through our white windows. Quick, tilt it open. Hey, Santa, it's Jim. Those are some good-looking white tilt-and-turn windows. I know. Eight locking points keep them air and watertight, and they're made in New Jersey. That's my next stop. I have a new guitar for the boss. I heard him exclaim, and he drove out of sight. White windows for all, for a house cozy and tight. White windows, high-performance passive house windows and doors. Online at WITHEWindows.com.
Hi, uh, this is Chris West for House Calls Vermont. We're back in the studio with my friend Jim. Hello once again, everybody. And we have Darren on the line, but we're going to hold off just for a second, Darren, because we have our uh, our friend Forbes in Corinth is calling us. So, Cor- uh, Forbes, how can we help you today? Hi, gentlemen. How are you? We're well, Doing well thanks. Uh, on uh, the structure of, of windows, um, uh, vinyl versus, let's say, aluminum yes. versus wood. Yes. And also uh, UV protection. Mm-hmm. Yep. How important is that? Yeah, Hugely. But- oh, my. In fact, one thing that people don't realize, a lot of the windows in older farmhouses still are functional today. It's because the type of wood that was harvested at that time for the windows was an older growth, more disease-resistant, moisture-resistant type of wood that was available. Now, even when you have a really expensive aluminum-cladded window, the interior framework of that window is going to be newer growth, softer growth lumber, and it does not hold up well to moisture. And so that's why when I said a 20-year life expectancy, it could even be less with some of those types of windows because where the aluminum is wrapped around it, um, there are joints, and those the, the actual sealants along those joints will fail. So that's really important to consider. There is a company. It is a triple-pane window company, Sierra Pacific. It's out west. They grow sustainable forest and their their wood is a much more robust more disease resistant type of wood but that's not the type you're going to see in most windows yeah, around today that is the luxury luxury yes. window so this is a company i love these this company they have got uh, their own forest in california that they sustainably harvest for their frames yes. and they're super insulated frames triple glazed windows but they're also super expensive yes. so um forbes what you brought up is a very good point uh, what is the window made out of, right, the actual frame, not the glass? Um, what are we doing to protect it from UV degradation, whether it's a wood one that you're painting yeah. on a semi-regular basis or whether they're doing a fi- vinyl or an aluminum cladding, which Jim was just talking about. A little bit worried about that just because over the years, the sealants of that vinyl to the wood are going to degrade and you get a separation and moisture will get in there and then we have the, the wood rotting again. Exactly. Um, there's also just straight up vi- uh, aluminum windows, right, which are – uh, as far as metal is concerned, there isn't pretty much a metal that we have in regular use that's more conductive than aluminum. So unless you get an aluminum frame that's got a super thick thermal break in it somewhere in there, we don't recommend using them. Uh, they're used a lot in commercial. They're used a lot in, in schools and things like that. But at home, we don't recommend using aluminum windows Consi- just because the options are there and the options there are really good. That UPVC window is a great option. It has – uh, um, something in the UP, in the PVC mix that makes it UV um, uh, stable. Stable. Yeah. So we had you know these windows were were being produced originally in the you know 30 years ago uh, in Germany and windows that were originally produced using this UPVC mixture for the vinyl are still in great shape. So that's the reason that when we're looking at windows, that's one of the things we look at. Yep. So thank you, thank you very much, Forbes. Um, right. The, that, that, I hope that did that answer your question. Uh, yeah, it does. I uh, when I put my windows in, I went with a divided light. Yep, sure. And uh, aluminum uh, on the outside. Yes. And then wood on the inside because the house is so old. I and it's got a, it's got an aesthetic. You're, you're you're working with an aesthetic there. That makes sense. Right. Right. What are they uh, filled with? What what kind of gas are they filled? So there are three things that they fill the the window with. One is just straight air, right? Just just a, a standard air. Um, the other is either argon, 
gas or krypton gas, both noble gases, or a mixture of argon and krypton. Yep. So those are the, the types of things that are in there. And, and your window, when you get them or when you're ordering them, that will be specified, right? Because argon and krypton, uh, because they're noble gases, they just uh, are, are better at um, increasing the U value or, or increasing the R value, decreasing the U value, which is the same thing, and making the what we call the U center of glass, what the glass package itself is able to do to resist heat loss. Yep. Okay. Okay, thank you. You're, You're very welcome. welcome. Thank you. Well, well, now we have Darren Macri. He's a colleague of ours because he's in the, the passive house industry, high performance industry as well. And for a long time, we had windows that were available like we're talking about, like available in Germany and other Lithuania. Poland, Lithuania. Exactly. Ireland. And, the, and shipping those over was very costly, and yep. even today would be even more costly with the way shipping costs have gone up. But we were so heartened to see that there was a domestic manufacturer, really just a couple borders away in New Jersey. And so we have with us this week Darren Macri of Wyeth Windows, one of the sponsors as well. And Darren, thank yes, you for joining uh, we us. Have to, we have to say uh, uh, disclosure, uh, he's one of our advertisers. So yes. welcome, Darren. How you doing? And proudly so. Yay! Uh, hey, <laughs> hey, Jim. Hey, Chris. Thanks so much for having me on. And that last call is a, actually a great uh, transition. Yes. Uh, because what we are manufacturing here at our facility in Ramsey, New Jersey, which, like you say, is just you know down the road, uh, where we can cut and mill 1,000 quality passive house frames in eight hours on our fully automated systems, uh, is a UPVC product. But uh, our UPVC is is different from let's say those uh, imported UPVCs that would come in from from overseas because in Europe they actually have less UV so if you look at a map it's a little bit higher up than we are yep. and so they 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 create a UPVC mix that's stable for that zone uh and and it's been successful for that zone but when we bring windows over here uh to the US uh, either they, they, they have to be mixed with a different mix. And, uh, so if you're bringing over a completed product, that completed product is actually made for Europe. We're having our, our extrusions specially mixed. Uh, we add additional titanium into the, uh, into the profile mix to make it UV stable from the, uh, south of Mexico, southern tip of Mexico to the okay. northernmost part of Canada. Okay. Sure. Well, that, that's, uh, I'd never known that's new information to me that there were different mixes for different yeah, exactly. exposure. But that makes sense. When I was living in the Netherlands, I lived in, in uh, Amsterdam uh, for 10 years, 2000 to 2010. And um, one of the, th- the climate is much warmer than it is at a similar height, right? So Amsterdam is as high up as Calgary is, right? And, and when I was looking at that, it's like, whoa, okay, you know, in the winter, on the winter solstice, the sun rises at 9 and it sets at 3, which is a whole different yeah. thing. And I'd never thought about um, the different exposures and how that might affect the, the mix. Uh, that's that's great information. What um, uh, You guys um, make these UPVC windows uh, in Ramsey. And one of the things that I always love about uh, your company and uh, and companies like yours in general is that your, your side of the industry does not have a standard-sized window and then a markup for different sizes, right? Yeah, exactly. There's, a, there's not – like if I go to Anderson, they're going to say, well, here are the ones we've made 70,000 of and are sitting in a warehouse and we can ship off to you tomorrow. Or we can charge you 40% more and you can get a custom size. 
Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, we for us, there are no custom sizes. Exactly. And there's no standard sizes. Everything we do, we just do it for you and what you need. Uh, so we have uh, our, our system that we use uh, from our, uh, the front end of our software where we design the windows and you get a quote. It's the same system we use on the back end that actually we send to our automated machining lines that we press one button and it, and it, uh, it cuts and mills the windows exactly down to size. So it makes no difference to us if you order 6,000 windows, one millimeter different. Right, okay. right. So, so Darren, I have a I'll question. work on that order, by the way, 6,000 millimeter <laughs> different each. i got a question for you, Darren. Um, help our listeners understand a little bit more. You know, they, they're familiar with single-pane glass. They're familiar with double-pane glass. We've talked about this. What's the difference mainly that you see between a double-pane and a triple-pane, and why not four panes, five panes? Where, where does this go, and, and what, what, why are you geared towards more so the triple-pane? Well, I mean, uh, so... You can go to quads, uh, the four pane. Uh, you, I haven't seen. Do you guys produce uh, those? Do you do you produce the quads? I, well, our our system is able to handle it. I haven't had any orders for them. Sure. Uh, but the, uh, we our glazing pocket, and this is important to note because some of the traditional uh, American manufacturers are producing windows, and then they're saying, "Oh, well, we want to do triple panes," but they're trying to slip that triple pane into their existing frame system. Yeah. And one of the things that helps a triple pane perform is the space between the glass, not just yes. putting three pieces of glass in there. And so you need that air gap between, and it needs to be a minimum distance in order to actually see any thermal benefit. Yes. And so our IG, our, our framing system is a uh, is a very wide frame because being wide, the frame is able to uh, be less conductive. Uh, so sure. and then now that it, the frame is less conductive and it's wide, now we're able to have a wider glazing pocket where we can accommodate up to a two-inch IGU. Uh, mm-hmm. Typically, a triple pane is you know an inch and a half, an inch and three quarters uh, in that area. Yep. Okay, so with that then, why would you recommend to somebody to go with that triple pane in lieu of yeah. a double traditional double pane? Well, I feel like the 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 noticeable difference is huge once you're sitting inside your house. I mean, we, sure. we've become so used to sitting on our couches and putting throw blankets on, on ourselves <laughs> while we watch television and whatnot. But, but Are you trying to decozify it, my experience? <laughs> decozify? Is that a new word for I'm making yeah. it up. Decozify. <laughs> Chris, I'm not coming for your snuggie. <laughs> he has them too. But uh, no, we, we you can you can still snuggle up with your with your comfy and your snuggie on the couch, but you don't need it. You sit down on your couch and you won't feel that asymmetrical heat loss. You're you're the bo- the heat from your body being drawn to that cold uh, uh, glass. Yep. When the the for a passive house, uh, a, and these windows are suitable for passive house and installed in passive house, all, all in, in Vermont uh, and and all across the U.S. And when when you're for a passive house, the glass, the center of the glass, cannot be more than uh, seven degrees Celsius uh, difference from the the the, inter, the the face of the glass to the center of the room. Sure. So it is, uh, uh, and I think that. Uh, I don't know, Chris, can you help me with the math? I think it's like four degrees 
Fahrenheit, something so, like that. So it's the other way around. It's 7 degrees Fahrenheit, which is 4 degrees Celsius, but you're right. So uh, the, the, one of the, the calculations that we do in building science is the inside surface temperature of the glass with an inside temperature of 68 degrees and an outside temperature of, I don't know, say zero, right? If the outside temperature is zero and the inside temperature is 68 degrees, just looking at how that window performs, what's the inside surface temperature? And our design temperature for PASFOS is 68 degrees inside temperature, which means that the inside temperature of the surface of the glass is not supposed to be less than 62 degrees. 62.4, I think, is the actual number. And so that triple glazing is what gets us to that that number. You cannot, unless, so if you're designing in Vermont, we're house calls Vermont, so we're going to talk about Vermont. You're not going to be able to get a good inside surface temperature of that inside pane of glass with a double pane glass unless you put a radiator under it, which is what we're trying to avoid. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And what about the with, the, with respect to the triple pane, Darren, what about the whole condensation factor? Because I've heard too many times what people said, I just did a renovation. I just replaced my windows, went with the double pane, and my old windows didn't sweat. My new ones do. They yeah. drip all the time. What does the triple pane do in this instance? Well, I mean, so your condensation risk factor is going to, uh, it's, it's gonna all be part of that whole, that whole assembly. Glass being a very huge component. Uh, the spacer on the glass. So what, how are we separating the, uh, the material of the glass? From each other. So, uh, as uh, I think Chris stated earlier, uh, you know, aluminum is extremely conductive, and uh, but a lot of folks use an aluminum spacer between their glass. Well, I mean, it's good for a pot and a pan, but you don't want it on your uh, <laughs> unless you're cooking with induction, and then they're worthless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and so we use a um, a, 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 a a warm edge spacer. Uh, between our uh, glass so that we're losing the minimum amount of, of heat on that edge. And then our frame is also uh, a high-performance 76-millimeter uh, uh, system with six chambers and three gaskets, so it's, the conductivity through that frame is minimal. And then the, tri- and the, and the glass itself uh, as well being triple pane. Or even we're able to really uh, get some high-performance doubles, uh, and we do that as well with our system. Uh, we do a lot of affordable housing in, in the New York area, uh, getting um, U-values as low as uh, 0.20 zero with a with a uh with a dual pane uh in our triple and that's the btus per hour uh, uh square foot uh, and one, Fahrenheit. one thing i'd like to revisit because you just mentioned your frames and that was going to be one of my other mm-hmm. questions because i know when some people sell their windows they they basically say well our glass performs this well but the frame they don't really take into consideration and it's the one yeah. time that you want a broken window it's because you want a thermally broken window. You do want a thermally broken yes. window. And, and that's so it doesn't conduct. So with your frames, you mentioned like air spaces or pockets and everything else. Can you help our listeners understand what goes into your frame, especially the one thing that I was impressed with when I saw it the first year at Better Buildings by Design, is yes, it's a UPVC, or some people might term that as vinyl, but they're used to plastic. But they, they a lot of those windows out there aren't as robust as your frames because you have a core of metal inside for structural support. So could you explain why the pockets are in there, what you do for the support of the frame, and why that is so important to be thermally broken? Yeah, yeah. And you mentioned better building by design. They moved it from 
February to April. Yes. And I uh, hope to see many of you up there uh, in this April. Certainly. Great show. Um, the uh, Yes, our frame is 76 millimeters uh, wide, or uh, I guess it's about three inches. Yep. And and uh, if you if you were to take a you know a chainsaw and cut the uh, could use a hacksaw. You don't have to go to the chainsaw. <laughs> Back back down. <laughs> Let him finish, Chris. <laughs> and, and you would you would see these uh, these honeycombs in there. These uh, so there's there it's a six chamber system, but even with that's counting the vertical chambers, and then there's horizontal chambers as well. And each one of those uh, those honeycombs are little are little inert pockets of air which uh, are insulative. So just kind of like. With your insulation that you use in your house, it's it's not the material; it's the space between the material. Sure, and that's the insulation. It's the fluffy stuff. Right, it's the and, trapped air that insulates. Exactly. Yeah, and and uh, but you know, being making a thermally resistant window is important, but it doesn't mean anything unless it's going to perform for the lifetime of the building. Exactly. And so we need we need to make it also structurally. Strong and resistant, and uh, with all our windows, we're using a two millimeter U-channel steel uh, that goes into there, and then yep. so now the frame is is wrapping around that steel and keeping that uh, that warm, uh, and the and the steel is giving us this very strong structure where we've been project tested to go up to thirty stories high, and we have an AMA AW sixty, which means uh, hey, it's a pretty strong window, yep. and. Uh, <laughs> The, the, so when, when I mean, one of the things I remember when I was first getting involved with super insulated windows with triple panes is size restrictions and weight. Yes, right. Mm. These are heavy windows, and yeah. we got to make sure that we're we're putting them on top of well thought out support. But also, what are the the window size restrictions? Because at some point, even though you have this this you know steel reinforced is insulated frame, there's a point at which it's just too big. What's your, what for are your, the operational window, right? Not a fixed window, right? For, well, there, there's going to be one for the operate uh, fixed window as well. Let's hear sure. both. Well, I mean, you know, with this system, it really allows for a lot of design flexibility because of how huge we can get. I mean, I would the the we can do we can really do some uh, outrageously big units and big sashes. Uh, it, uh, we actually just for uh, one of your more uh, famous residents in Vermont, we built a, uh, a lift and slide door that uh, was 24 feet wide by almost 10 feet high and several doors uh, like that. Um, but uh, I mean the windows and the windows too. I mean we we have we just did a passive house in uh, multifamily in New York City where we had sashes that were. Over four feet by six, seven feet tall. Yeah, so sure. They were, and they were and now those, those were turn-only windows with restrictors on them. So we were able to put a third hinge in there. So it was more of a door than it was like a than a tilt-turn window. But we we can build some pretty pretty strong units. Now back to the the color and the UV, right? It's a, it's because. If we're doing a black on black window, or we're doing uh, you know even a, a black on white window, then you're going to have different size restrictions sure. uh, for that as well. So, 
one thing you just did, you yeah. caused both yeah. Chris and myself both, to look both, at each other. Our eyebrows went way up. Did you say lift and slide? You you were now producing the lift and slide. And, and please help our listeners understand, but we were not aware. We knew you did doors. Yeah. Um, we thought they were doors. all swing doors. But the lift and slide, how long have you guys been producing those? And And help our listeners understand what that is. Boy, oh, boy, i got to do a better job with my mind. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, what's the, Jeez. <laughs> yeah, we've been producing lift and slides. I'm sitting here staring at one of our four-panel lift and slides right now. Okay. And then in my showroom, uh, we're going to build a 16-foot lift and slide by 10 feet tall. Yeah, we're building. And th- later this year, because the lift and slide is a great, great product. So, uh, and uh, as you requested, Jim, I'll explain it. It's a, it's a, it's a passive house quality sliding door. So, Passive house sure. quality meaning that it's going to be uh, extremely thermal re- thermal resistant and extremely airtight. Right. Yes. And it's, a, and, and, and it's a beautiful system because you can build these huge doors because uh, and they glide with with nearly no effort. Just two fingers can yes can uh, push that sash that I was just describing for that huge door because what happens is you have a handle and you turn it down and then the sash lifts up on some casters and then it, it just glides across and uh, and then when you go to close it you turn it back down and the sash gets sucked back into the uh, into the frame and makes an airtight seal yeah so yeah it we, so it's like uh, a super we, slider. Right. If you yeah. most most of the houses I've been in that have sliders, I mean, when the the wind is blowing or when we're doing our blower door test, sometimes you're yeah. hearing the the whistling of the wind through those things. Oh, I, I hate to say it on my my I have two sliders from a nationally known internationally known uh, manufacturer. No matter how much adjustment I've done to it. Every year at this time, I will get ice right in between that bypass, and I've tried everything, and it's not that old, and it's just amazing, yeah. and it's it's one of those disappointments, quite yeah. honestly. Yeah. And so to know this, the lift and slide, and one thing that people really don't appreciate about this, we're up on a break right now, but when we come back, Darren, what I want to speak to you about is the operation of the windows, the doors, and until you actually feel and, and operate one yourself, you're not going to be able to really appreciate what's going on and how yeah. it feels, but it's just so much more robust. But we're up on a break right now, so if if you have any questions for Darren, our guest from Wythe Windows, or ourselves about your DIY projects, your new construction, or how would you possibly uh, get in uh, touch with Darren to order some of these units, um, please call us at 802-244-1777, and we'll be right back after the break. Welcome back to House Calls Vermont. I'm here with my colleague and friend, Jim Bradley. Hello once again, everybody. And we have Darren Macri of White Windows on the line. You know, uh, Who's been holding out on us. <laughs> we, the lift and slide <laughs> revelation of, of uh, March 5th, 2022. But wait, there's more. He alluded to something at the end of the year. Yes. Uh, so one of the things I, I... actually have another surprise for you. Okay, Uh-oh. go ahead. Go ahead. Because I have a question based on for that. you and your listeners. Go for okay. it. Okay. So this spring, we're actually uh, announcing a new sliding door system, which is even probably more airtight than the lift and slide, but will be be at a more uh, cost uh, competitive pricing point 
because we're able to leverage a lot of our uh, automated uh, systems. Uh, so because the Lipton slide is fantastic because it can be built to these huge sizes, and we're still always going to offer the Lipton slide. And this new sliding system is meant for smaller, more standard size sliders uh, where it may becomes cost ineffective to offer a Lipton slide. So what are you calling um, it? I, I well, we could. I'll take some suggestions. Yeah, <laughs> we get to name the baby. There you go. Well, we'll we'll, we'll put out we'll put out a request, uh, listeners. If you can come up with a, a name that that isn't lift and slide, but describes a super insulated uh, standard slider replacement, uh, we'll we'll forward them to Darren and and put it in a pot, and we'll see what comes out. Well, the the thing that I thought you were going to say, and I was hoping you were going to say, is accordion doors. One of the one of the things that a lot of uh, European uh, manufacturers Manufacturers offer is uh, basically a, a glass wall of like two foot or three foot wide doors that accordion open, making the opening completely open. Is that something that you're you're working on? Is that something you offer? Well, it is something that could work with uh, is, as long as we with our system and when we get the right hardware. Now, yeah. having said that, it's not something that we've been wanting to explore because we know when you use that hardware it it's beautiful and i love the look of those doors when uh, when they fold open and such but the problem is is that uh over time and it doesn't take much time the hardware falls out of alignment or it gets sure. mishandled and 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 our focus is to be as reliably airtight and high performing for as long as possible, so those systems aren't as robust at this point. Uh, the the functionality is cool, but uh, they don't pass the uh, the robustness test for us uh, with our with our system. Now it, that same hardware, if on an aluminum system, it would it would it would perform better. But we don't want to do aluminum because it's you know not as uh, high performance thermally speaking, unless you get that gigantic thermal break in there. Yeah, one of the things I've seen with the accordion doors that becomes problematic, and you alluded to this, is the hardware is that the because of the adjustment is so crucial is that sometimes the top of the door gets ahead of the bottom of the door as it's moving. Exactly. And so it doesn't function well and you have to force it and then that causes other stresses on the frames. And so that could be problematic. But going towards your hardware and your on your operational windows, can you explain to, to our listeners a little bit about what tilt and turn means? Because yours sure. operates a little bit differently. In North America, we're used to casements yeah. that crank out. We're used to double hungs that, that one sash slides Hoppers, up. Hoppers, yeah, what, what right. are the, what are the, uh, We know you do a tilt and turn, and explaining that is good, but what other operations do you have available? And, um, and uh, what are you seeing people buying? Yeah, so, uh, I mean, yeah, just to start up uh, at a higher view, you know, you have your double hungs and single hung windows where you have maybe one or two latches there. Uh, your earlier caller was having trouble with his latches uh, because he has maybe one or two locking points where the two sashes are, are together. Yes. Uh, a tilt-turn window like ours for that same window could have as many as eight locking points. Wow. Uh, and so that's going to help that sash stay snug to the frame for the lifetime of of, of the building and the uh so th 
you have uh, then you also have casement windows which which uh, you'll crank out from and uh, and they'll swing out and then that sash is exposed to the wind and the rain and the yeah. sun and the cold and so it's moving at a different rate than than the frame and then when you go crank it back in uh, the crank's usually at the bottom and and it'll be snug at the bottom but then it'll be wiggly woggly at the top and exactly. it'll be letting air and water in and and that will just uh, you know get worse over time and so a tilt turn window uh, is has a, the handle on the inside you turn it uh, uh, to you make one turn and then it turns in so it could for for bulk ventilation or easy cleaning or you can turn the handle all the way up and then it'll gently tilt in uh, for uh, your normal ventilation or if you want to just hear the birds chirp. And, and with and, that, you know, uh, as that tilts in, so it's tilting in from the top. It's staying fixed at the bottom like a hinge. And so just the top yeah. of the sash tilts in. And the benefit that I've always recognized with that is, one, it allows ventilation but still offers security. So yeah. with that, it's going to be hard to, to bypass that um, if you're trying to get into somebody's house. But at the same time, um, if, it, if you get a rainstorm coming and you've got your double-hung window open or your casement window open, and it starts to rain, you're getting water inside the house. But with the tilt-in type, if that water hits the, the glass, it'll just slough away and then drain away. And it actually, the That's window exactly frame right. has what we call weep holes at the bottom, which are mm-hmm. specifically in case bulk water hits the frame when it's in tilt mode and runs de- uh, hits, hits the window and then is directed down into the frame that has holes for letting that moisture out. Yeah, and Jim, you mentioned security. Um, the tilt turn was actually originally designed in the 1930s in Germany as a uh, high security window. Interesting. That nobody was thinking about, uh, you know, uh, high performance or you know, good thermal window. They were they wanted a high security window. And and still to this day, when when I go to buy my hardware packages, uh, my my supplier says to me, "Okay, what security level do you want?" And and uh, uh, because. They, the way they test the windows is they you you provide a, a tilt turn to the laboratory and and they give a, 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 a person uh, some hand tools and if they get into it in a certain amount of time I don't know let's say ten minutes or something they that you reach one security level right. then then they say oh wow okay now we'll give you battery or electric powered tools and if you can get into it in a certain amount of time then you uh, then you reach another security level interesting and uh, so. It's uh, yeah. It's still to this day uh, considered a you know high security window because it has all those locking points that run around the the whole sash and then catches into the into the frame. Yeah, the okay. air leakage number uh, given on windows, like if you're going to get an Anderson or another type of window, it's like 0. 0.2 liters per. Se- per per second during a certain wind load, right? Um, and the so that is the easiest. Uh, I mean, uh, double hung windows are the leakiest windows of all the windows we're going to be talking about. Maybe a, a basement slider is as bad. Um, what's the air leakage around with a window like yours? Because you have you have three gaskets and eight locking points sometimes. Yeah, we we have we have three gaskets, and I'd love to always uh, point out our middle gasket because it's uh, so we you, there's a gasket on the front which uh, where you're and it's mostly you uh, it's easy to easier to visualize if you think about like an air airplane uh, door you know when they turn that handle it has a full compression uh, seal and. Uh, 
but if you, um, yeah, that middle gasket is always leaning and putting positive uh, pressure on the sash, and also it's uh, in that uh, it creates a great uh, drainage plane for any water that gets in, like you were saying earlier, uh, through those. Uh, it, it can go out down through the weed poles, and um, just opening up our testing here to get the exact number for you for the air oh building scientists we love data from scientific (laughs) analysis uh so it is uh, the air infiltration is less than uh 0.01 cubic uh feet per minute uh cubic uh feet Per, uh, per minute? No, yep, that, that makes sense. Per, per, uh, at square, uh, and then uh, at, at uh, 1.6 uh, pounds of pressure. Okay. Or, okay. yeah. So, so with that, Darren, a couple things here. First of all, if you have any questions for Darren, our guest, Darren Macri of Wyeth Windows, please give us a call at 802 802- Two four four one seven seven seven. And one thing that's really important, I think our listeners should understand, is if they're replacing their windows, there are some companies around there that still put ads out that will say a complete window change out for each window would be two hundred and thirty nine dollars. I think it was the last one right, I saw, or right. maybe now it's two seventy nine. And they think they're going to get the satisfaction of a low price point and a great window, but yet it's just a replacement window and it's not really great. So if I'm looking at your windows. What would steer me towards? Because you know the biggest price component I think we need to look at is going to be durability. Yep. That translates directly to affordability long term. And so, with your windows, what are you projecting? What are you looking to when you build these windows? You said for the life of a building earlier. How long do you think your windows will be? How long do you think your buildings are going to last? Well, true, no, but how long do you think your building or your, your windows? Yeah are going to be operational, what type of warranty do they have, and how does that translate into the overall price when you compare it to other manufacturers that are domestic? Yeah, so, I mean, one of the things we built this factory for is to make high-performance affordable, reliable, deliverable for everyone. Yes. Uh, You know, I built New Jersey's first certified passive house, and at the time I had to import my windows, and and when I got my, I waited, you know, what felt like forever, maybe it was 16, 20 weeks to get the windows, and then when they came, uh, they were, it was missing one little piece to mold my big window wall together, and then I had to sit through the winter while I waited another 16, 20 weeks for this piece to arrive, And, uh, and and I said, you know what? We can't do this. If we're going to make high performance uh, achievable and if we're going to make an impact on, on climate change, we need to uh, make our buildings better performing. We need to make it affordable and, and achievable for everyone. And so we started building our factory. And, um, and, and one of um, – now, I went off on tangent. Uh, bring me back in there, Jim. Well, basically, how long do you think one of your windows assemblies are yeah, going to What's your warranty and what's your price point? Yes. Okay. So that yeah that, that uh, so I would say sometimes folks send me over uh, you know uh, uh, jobs that they said oh well we're looking we're, this was our uh, our budget these are the kind of numbers we were getting from other folks and I just can't believe it that that you know they're pricing for their standard you know lower performing windows double pane yep. Yeah, it was is in the same ballpark as our triple paint. So we're we're I think surprisingly affordable. Uh, 
Yes. And and uh, which is our goal. And uh, and in terms of our warranty, we offer a twenty-year warranty uh, for our residential buildings. And we uh, and I don't see why the why the products shouldn't go any uh, much much longer than that. It's sure. extremely robust. Uh, system and what's beautiful about it too is that it's all completely modular. So if something goes wrong with one piece of hardware, a few screws takes it out. You, slap, you can pop a new piece on the the, the glass. It's all dry glazed. Uh, so, so you know, Billy throws a baseball through your glass. That was one of my uh, questions. You can, have, <laughs> you, can you can uh, uh, swap out a glass in under five minutes uh, and 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 a uh, a skillful carpenter, someone who's never even done it before, can do that. And we have all sorts of support videos uh, to uh, to assist with that. But uh, uh, adjustments uh, can easily be made so that you know over time, as, as the building moves, uh, you can make uh, adjustments so that you keep that performance. Whether it be uh, you know operational adjustments up, down, left, right. Uh, but then there's also performance adjustments for compression in and out. Uh, all those are uh, can be done, uh, and it's a uh, yeah, it's an extremely durable uh, product. That uh, and like like I said earlier, the uh, having that two millimeter steel in there really helps with the longevity of it. Because when we screw in our hardware, we are also Hitting that steel, so it really helps. Uh, the hinges are all re- hitting, going into that steel as well, as the uh, the hardware that goes around the sash, the hinges. So it's a, it, it adds up for a, a, a very dependable uh, window. Great. Well, Darren, we're coming up on the end of our show right now. We really thank you for being here. But first and foremost, or the last thing we should add, I should say, is uh, where would people best get a hold of you and let's say they wanted to have their job quoted at or let's say they're doing work and they've received quotes from other manufacturers and they want to do a, a cost comparison. Um, where would they go to do that and how would they get in contact with your company? Well, yeah, thanks for asking. Absolutely. We're here for you at whitewindows.com and that's W-Y-T-H-E windows.com. You can also reach us at the office at 201 962 Seven four 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 two zero one nine six two seven four four four. And if you want to email me directly, it's just Darren D A R R E N at WhiteWindows dot com, and that's W Y T H E Windows dot com. Uh, we uh, know that making this window decision is some of the most important decisions you can make for your either replacement or your new build, and we take uh, that very seriously, uh, and we want to support you. Great. Wonderful. Well, thanks, Darren, and, uh, and we'll, we'll certainly be in touch. Uh, I've got a couple of clients who are, are looking to import a lift-in slide, so, so we'll definitely uh, be on that. Thanks for joining us. Imported from New Jersey. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Yeah. You're welcome. So we're we're definitely coming up at the end of the show, but we have three shows left um, for this season of House Calls Vermont. And next week, we have a really exciting one for us, and hopefully for you as well. Peter Yost and Guy Payne from Sion, that's S-E-O-N, a Sustainable Energy Outreach Network. Um, they're down in Brattleboro, Vermont, and they are teaching carpenters how to, the importance of how to build appropriately, 
but building science as well. Yep. So how do you get both of those correct? And Peter comes with a huge amount of experience. He's a witty guy, really humorous, and he puts building science in, a, in an understandable perspective. And uh, same with Guy. That he's Guy is passionate about. Ask him about vapor drive. Yeah. You may not get him to be quiet after that. But they're going to be on our show next week. So with that, when you when you Call in. I trust that you will. Have your building science questions uh, for the local Vermonters and and how they can um, help you understand some of the training opportunities that are out there. And then after that, the week after, we're going to be going over the results of our indoor air quality analysis. Yay. So that's going to be a really exciting one. And, and you say, well, why is that important to me? Because you're going to understand that these just typical Vermonters who did some of these tests, what the data shows says, hey, we need to pay more attention to this in most yep. of our homes um, because things are not correct. And then the last show is going to be... Better building by design. So as Darren uh, indicated, uh, the conference, which is usually the first couple of days of February, was moved because of COVID restrictions to April. And we're going to be discussing that conference. This is something it's open to the public. You can go and learn a great deal, look at some great products, meet Jim and I, meet uh, Darren and other uh, manufacturers. of. What costumes are we wearing this time? I think we're going to wear the Roman noble costumes (laughs) 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 or Greek Greek philosophy. Philosopher costumes. Um, so and and we're uh, so that's an efficiency Vermont conference. It's one of the most important conferences in the region, and we'll be um, uh, talking about that on the last show. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, until next week, this is Chris West and Jim Bradley. Have a great week. Have a great week. House Calls Vermont today, brought to you by R.K. Miles, a third-generation family-owned business, proud to be your local building material supplier. Find a location near you at rkmiles.com. By Poly Construction, for over 30 years known for anything construction, big or small jobs, one call does it all. P-O-L-L-I construction.com. By Ken Libby of the Stowe Area Realty Group at Keller Williams Stowe, your trusted advisor, 802-793-2002. Curtis Lumber with two locations in Vermont, Williston and Burlington. Request a quote for your next project online at curtislumber.com. By Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber with locations in St. Albans, Enosburg, Swanton, Derby, and Middlesex. By Shamrock Painting, painting and custom wood finishing. Shamrockpainting.com. By Matt Clark's Northern Basement Systems, for all things basementy. NorthernNEFoundations.com. And by Darren at Wytha Windows, high performance passive house windows and doors. Online at W-Y-T-H-E windows.com Be sure to join us next Saturday at 1230 during the noon hour for House Calls Vermont on WDEV FM and AM.